gather around friends new and old and welcome to the powwow podcast i am one of your hosts philip and i'm the other host david and uh we are we are sitting here with a with an in-studio guest at the moment and yes, uh, this is my friend leon and he's going to be joining us for pretty much the the majority of this episode welcome to the and podcast everyone. leon Thank you very Leon much. Leon and I have known each other for 59 years. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say 59 years? I mean, 59 days. Ah. Uh, I did do the math. Uh, but we get along so well. We we are even, we've gotten to the point of completing each other's sandwiches. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, unless, uh, unless they're not vegan, because uh, Leon here is vegan. Indeed. But uh, yeah, Leon, you're joining us. This is our third week of Christmas. Just so, just so you know, we oh. are we do our four weeks of Christmas leading up to the the holiday, and we are now in our third week. We've we've discussed Christmas shopping. We've discussed Christmas entertainment. We talked for a moment about the Polar Express, uh, which Leon and I are doing together, and now we're going to be talking. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Um, how are you doing today? I'm okay. I have a little bit of a headache, bit of a sore throat, bit of a chesty cough, but I'm here and I'm ready to do whatever it is we do here. This is my first time on a podcast, so hello everyone. Oh, look at that. We're popping the hot cocoa. Popping cherries. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, I know. I didn't want to go there, but we're popping the hot cocoa, <laughs> making sure it's all uh, fresh and new. Uh, Leon, I would say normally it would be irresponsible of you to try and get somebody else in your cast sick, but... The simple truth is you guys are spending like, what, six days a week business-wise together in a very small space. So if you're suffering, yeah. chances yeah. are you guys are going to get it beyond this. So it doesn't necessarily... Oh, we've shared. We've probably shared a several viruses already, I think. Yeah, I, I'm actually one of the very last ones to get ill. Everyone's been ah, And everyone is still ah, ill. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just catching up. As far as I know, I'm on the up. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll be back down low. But... Yeah, powering through. You know what? The, I, I thought this was brilliant, and um, no one's really. It hasn't really caught on as much as I had hoped. So, so you always get these these nicknames for for viruses when they go round when you're at an event or something. Like, for example, in the Hague, which is where I went to school, there's a, there was an MUN, a Model United Nations event, and obviously because it took place in the Hague, when everyone got sick, they called it Hague Plague, which rhymes, which is great. <laughs> now, our polar event is in a town called Tunbridge Wells in the UK. So I thought the plague that's going around should be called the Tunbridge Unwells. Oh, yeah. I'm just remembering that you made that up, yeah. actually. Every, that's proper cool. <laughs> oh, no, which, saying that. Well, I, I feel like I'm the only one who uses it, which I've is irritating. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that a few people have caught on. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's that's what we're we're dealing with right now, but we're having a great time doing it. So... Philip, uh, we're talking about so much about ourselves. How are you? How's the Christmas season season ramping up for you? You know, it's rainy over here, believe it or not, because it's still wow. warm enough that whenever it rains over here, it actually still rains. It doesn't snow. So last night we were treated to the wonderful sight of our baby Jesus in the front words uh, thing, nearly floating away with all the wind and the rain. And, and Mary got soaked. Joseph is is somewhere falling down in the ground and getting wet and wild and the dirty. And it's just it's a it's a mess because of the rain. But. I myself, besides the odd occasional uh, cold spell, am doing fine. I'm doing, you know, knock on wood, not being sick or anything. So let's keep that uh, at arm's length. But within arm's reach, guys, 
let's get to our main topic and grab some some din din. So we agreed to talk about Christmas food here, and we have Leon on as as a guest, and he's going to offer his vegan perspective on everything. But I I messaged Philip uh, earlier today. I was like, "But what is the point, and what are the listeners going to be getting out of this this topic?" So, Philip, what did we come up with there? We decided, and Leon, you're going to be playing a, a major part, probably influencing each of us here. We came up with the idea. That of all the food talked about here on this episode, which we would hope be, would be organic and just talking and creating a conversation along with you, Leon, helping chime in there, we will be giving and gifting each other and our families the task of making one dish, one side item, whatever it is, one thing for our respective family holiday dinners that we will have to make that ourselves and present it to our family hopefully no food poisoning but it will be a task unto us it can be something as simple as oh i don't know mashed potatoes which even that sounds daunting to it seems a little simple mashed potatoes maybe for you i'd say i was gonna say speak for yourself the the other thing the other thing that that came to my mind when you suggested this was uh, oh my goodness i'm gonna be taking culinary suggestions from philip amarine Hey, I might make you make chestnuts roasting over an open fire. It could be something as simple as that, which I, I, I hear that they pop. I feel like that's not healthy for the nut or the people eating it. But that being said, Leon, I hope you're up to the task of helping us each select um, a cuisine from each of us that we can each try and make for our families. And again, hopefully nobody yaks up the yams or whatever it is that we'll be making this holiday season. Are you up to the task, Leon? I see. So I'm going to suggest something that you guys are then going to make. Well, we're, we're going to, it's going to, well, hopefully it'll come up organically in some way, yes. but we're going to, we've got a few discussion points, food related, I am Christmas up for food the related. He's up for anything. <laughs> shall we begin? We shall. First of all, gentlemen, all right. what on that Christmas feast do you always reach for whenever it's presented? The whole spread is there. We've got the the uh, the side of, of meats. We got the side of sweets. We got the side of of hors d'oeuvres. We got the side of appetizers. Whatever it is, the entire spread. What do you always reach for first, Leon? What is the first thing you reach for? That is a tough one. Do you know what? Actually, hmm. what I I love a good roast potato. I do. Or parsnips. Crispy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and fluffy. And parsnips are good too. Yeah, like honey roasted parsnips. I, it's actually really hard to pick. I love absolutely everything about a roast dinner. The stuffing, okay. that's incredible. Love love stuffing. But I, do I would stuffing. I would probably have to go if I had to pick with roast potatoes. Those are those are just potatoes really are good. They're they uh, they're home meal, home cooked element meal to it. I would agree. David, mm. where are you going? So. For me, I think it, I mean, I'm sitting next to my vegan friend. I hate to say it, but it's it's usually the meat. It's usually the duck or the, the goose or whatever is roast on the... I can understand that. Yeah, uh, for the for the Christmas lunch or dinner or whatever it is. The We, we do a goose, as I'm sure I said last year. We do a goose and it's, it's fantastic. I'm a dark meat guy. I like a leg. Um, but also, I, I love a roast potato. Also, there's these German dumpling things. There's these like round balls of potato and they're like these stodgy, delicious (laughs) potato dumplings. Those I 
I usually have a bit of meat and then I'll just fill stuff my face with those things covered in gravy and whatnot. But, but I'm just going to go with the meat. Uh, I, I will reach for the goose. What about you, Philip? Showing my true American colors here, guys, for my thing that I always reach for, it's, it's a staple because I allow myself on the holidays to cheat a little as any, everybody should, you know, be, be a little happy, be a little merry. I'm going with macaroni and cheese, which it doesn't sound like is on either of your guys' spread or feasts, but it, I assure it you. It has never been, no. <laughs> yeah, I assure you it's a staple over here. At least I would even <laughs> venture to say as far as uh, Arizona, but macaroni and cheese, who doggy, it is so good. I, I, <laughs> I will definitely cheat every time I see that. Um, uh, Let's go to our next one on the opposite right, well, end of the spectrum, guys. So, yeah, yeah, please, please. Yeah, what what do you never reach for? <laughs> what is the thing that's on the spread, Leon, that you never never reach for? Never. Yeah, you, or okay, you just it, I'm, it's I'm, part like of the spread, food. and if it's like ah, uh, I yeah, can do Leon, without. Yeah, if you're okay, too yeah. full, if you're like I've filled up with everything else, if I don't like, eat have you this, ever? Yeah, I I, there you. was this there was this buffet at a, at a, the Greek wedding I went to at the beginning of the summer where everything looked good. So I I was literally spooning on a tiny bit of everything, yeah. but I I it was still far too much for me to actually eat. So I had to leave some stuff behind. You know, there was some certain things I was like, well, if I'm gonna leave something behind, I'm not gonna eat that. I'm much much more excited about this stuff. Going off of that kind of example, because I I'm the same. I like absolutely everything, but. Yeah, if you get to that point where you've had quite a lot and you know that you can only really have a few more bites left, the thing that I'm going to leave are probably going to be the Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't don't blame you. Stocky greens are never never a favorite of mine. Uh, And going along that line, I'm I'm going to hopefully not insult my grandmother, but uh, it is something that she always brings. Guys, I, I went on one end of the spectrum for cheese, for macaroni and cheese. On the other end of it, there she makes this, I want to say, homemade cheese log every year. To even say what it fully consists of is 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 a mystery to me. I believe it's some form of, of cream cheese wrapped up in, in, in nuts and some seasonings. I mean, oh, it, I know if, what I, you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a cheese log. And, I, I, it, and people, you, you slice into it. And you put a little bit on a cracker, an assortment of crackers, and it's apparently quite delicious. But I must say, the appearance of it is absolutely revolting in my mind. If if it if you don't like what it is, it just doesn't look well. It's like almost a, like a slight little pinkish hue to it, with nuts wrapped around it, and it's just it does not. It doesn't look good, even though I'm assured that it tastes divine. And this is not to insult my grandmother. Just for me, I've never, never, it never appealed to my eyes. So therefore, I would never eat it. David, what what do you touch last? I don't think that this is this is part of most most people's Christmas spreads, but it often when we do roasts, it it ends up on our table is beets or beetroot depending on what you call it. But yeah, I just, I just don't, <laughs> whether it's roast or like, I mean, you hear some people are like, Oh yeah, I don't like beets. But when it's done like this, I'm like, no, I don't like beets ever. No matter how <laughs> it's just not good. No, I will. I will leave those behind. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so like next beetroot. up, next up we have, what is something you're always worried will run out and you won't get to have second helpings of or something like that. You know what? What stuck in my head immediately, this is going back to before I was vegan, 
was the pigs in blankets. <laughs> I, would yes. always, I would always worry that they're going to be what, on, on the Polar Express, I ask people what their favorite Christmas food is, and almost everybody says pigs, pigs in blankets. Yeah, man. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great little just just pick me up. It it, it yeah. takes the curve off whenever you're smelling all the great foods. You just grab it. It it kind of consists of something light, soft, but yet it has a little pop to it. And mm-hmm. and it just makes sure that you're you're fulfilled before you get fully like grossly overstuffed. It's 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 quite before delightful. Uncle Teddy eats them all. Yes, that's true. Finger food, one for each finger. Absolutely, yeah, Uncle Teddy. <laughs> uh, David, God. for me. Something I'm always worried will run out are whatever variation that everybody has of bread. For us, it's rolls and it's like the warmed up rolls. You put them in the oven. And so there's only a limited amount because you can only put so many in the oven. And I guess at some point there's probably a loaf of bread in the house, right? So you can technically get like slices of bread, but it's not the same. You you have that, you put some butter on it and, and at a time the warmth will run out or you're worried that the rest of the food will make it so they, that way you can't eat any more of the rolls. So usually there's only eight and everybody's like allotted maybe one, maybe two, depending on if a kid snuck another one in there. Oh my gosh. I love bread. I love rolls. Sounds I stressful. have some rolls myself it is it is it's a it's a war holiday means war david uh what are you worried runs out david honestly now that you say that my mom's sourdough bread is is Mm. definitely up there i absolutely adore my mom's sourdough bread and it goes quickly once once someone starts cutting into it and there's certain members of my family my my brother-in-law and my dad and my brother i guess all really like thick cut like slices of it so so it goes quickly um but but what i was going to say was the gravy mm. i'm worried that there just won't be enough gravy for to cover all my food in it. <laughs> um good one, yeah actually. that is a good choice i do like to cover my food in gravy like you know speaking slump. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's delicious uh, accompaniment. Speaking of Christmas beverages, let's go to some other types of Christmas beverages, <laughs> uh, as 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 if gravy were a Christmas beverage on its own. Um, guys, what is the Christmas beverage of your choice? Of course, I think amongst everybody, the first thought would be eggnog, but we don't have to go there. Uh, David, what would be your first Christmas beverage? Is, my choice? question is: Is there vegan eggnog? Can you get vegan eggnog? I don't they know, make coconut milk in one. I saw that in the stores this year. Oh, I saw coconut milk. I, I haven't felt bold enough to try it. There seems to be vegan everything. There probably is vegan eggnog. In fact, what my favorite thing is now would be um, Bailey's. And there is a vegan Bailey's. M&S do a vegan Bailey's. I don't know it, it, so it's so it's not from the brand. It's not from the brand oh, Bailey's. Oh, no, that's true. No, yeah. It's but not, it is. It's like a cream, yeah. a cream liquor. Vegan alternative. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but indeed. it's, yeah. It's nice. called coconut okay. chocolate or something like that. And David, what about you? I I mean, we started a couple years ago when I came back from from the U.S., when I moved back from the U.S., started making eggnog every year. We did it at Thanksgiving. You home make it. We would do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Oh, we got a great recipe now. We we tried a few recipes and we're now like we got it down pat. Uh, Because I remember buying this eggnog at Trader Joe's and it was so good. And I and when I came home, I you know, we couldn't find it. They just didn't have it anywhere, anything, anything like that. So we thought, well, let's make it ourselves. And it's fantastic. It's just so good. I love eggnog. I love that, you know, the cinnamony spiciness. You put whatever you want in it. We do. Traditionally, I think it's supposed to be done with cognac or uh, I don't know, but we do it with spiced rum. 
And that works perfectly. It works so well. But I, I do have to say that there's a close second would be a mulled wine. And I know you're, yeah, I was you're with say me the there. Yeah. yeah. Wait, with, with eggnog, isn't it egg whites? Is that, is that how you make eggnog, with egg whites? Or do you yes. Because if so, because I'm pretty sure when I was doing one of my events, they was making fresh eggnog there. And they was just using egg whites. And one of the other guys mentioned that you can make a vegan version by using, like what I was saying to you before, the uh, chickpea water. Yeah, chickpea water, yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't use the yolks. I don't think so. I'm I'm struggling to remember now. We use we have the recipe written down somewhere. I just I just don't remember. Yeah, mold wine popped in my head. First, yeah, but then I remembered the whole Bailey's type thing. So we got Bailey's. We got. What about you, Philip? You're not a. You don't yeah. drink alcohol, so. I don't drink alcohol, though I do like the base of eggnog. It is nice. It's just. Uh, I, as a person who really does enjoy whenever I do drink, uh, to drink in massive quantities of it, eggnog, the, the problem becomes twofold. You get too full and it's just so rich that if you just keep on drinking it, it, it doesn't it doesn't fully satisfy you. There's a reason why it only comes around once a year, like the McRib. So for me, what oh, I, I would I, choose- I could have eggnog all year round, <laughs> honestly. Oh, well, I don't. I don't. It just somehow- You it don't like indulge. mind- it's like, oh, we could make it all year round, but we're not going to go through that effort. Yes, I would choose something of my past, just like Leon chooses uh, pigs in a blanket from a time before. I would choose a, 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 a drink from my distant past here, too, that I don't drink anymore. But sparkling apple cider. David, you should have seen this one coming. That that yes, is that does, does make sense. That does qualify as a holiday drink. You can use it. And gosh, Oh, it's just so good. It's so good. And it does, I, I would argue, brings a little zest to your holiday. You're just drinking it. You feel refined. It adds like a little a bubbly. You, yes, yes. It feels refreshing. Yeah. It, it spritzes you up. So uh, I would go with that. That's uh, that's my personal drink of choice. All right, Leon and David, we have to start now. We are deciding right now what side dishes prefer something that we've mentioned here already although we haven't really gone too far out of the way but leon let's you and me put our heads together what Mm -hmm. is a holiday dish that we can challenge david to make that would be that would be something of a of a boon to uh to his holiday feast and if i may i have one suggestion maybe you want to go a different way here uh leon so to so uh, let me see if, if this works for you. Should we say something as adventurous that I don't think David has probably ever had, but should we say something as adventurous as like yams? Have you ever had yams? I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yams are basically like, them. no, I've never made yams. No. Yams are basically like, like butternut or pumpkin. Like they're in that family, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've had them. I've had them, but are you talking about like about candied yams. yams, the ones that have like the marshmallow and stuff? Yeah, why not? Well, my mom will hate it. <laughs> my mom hates things that are like too sweet. Well, do you guys normally have like a like a set dessert or dessert dish uh, with uh, with with your entire feast? Sometimes. Well, the 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 talk right now is that uh, my. <laughs> my mom and my sister want to want to try their hands at doing creme brulee with, you know Ooh, with the so, blowtorch and everything yeah. so yeah so do that's you, the plan for this year do you think it would clash i don't think it matters really i mean if i'm gonna make it then no harm you know leon do you would you agree or did you have a did you have an idea yourself 
well, the only thing I was thinking of would be mm-hmm. the vegan alternative for like whatever meat you was gonna have. Which me, oh, yeah. me and my girlfriend, we do um, jackfruit. You know, this is good because we haven't really touched on the vegan alternative as much. Having you here was kind of the, yes, the, yes, the, whole, the intrigue of having you on. Pigs and blankets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, Leon, so, yeah, let's, please go, let's go on. there. Please go on. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, we've done this a couple of times now. We, we just boil the jackfruit for about 10 minutes and then season it with all the, I think it's like thyme, rosemary, and basil. Well, I know you say basil. I don't. I say I say basil normally, <laughs> unless I'm talking about a gin basil smash. Right, which oh, is yes. a cocktail. That sounds a lot better. It's a cocktail that just it. You can't say gin basil smash. It just doesn't sound right <laughs> for some reason. But I've always in my, in my life, pretty much always at least, unless I unless I'm trying to blend in in America, I will say basil. I don't know. I that's like the most interesting thing that I think I would suggest, but. It would probably, what, what fruit was it again? It's it's called jackfruit. Have you ever jackfruit. had jackfruit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I've, I've heard of it. Maybe I've heard of it. I don't know if it's I've like had a, it. it's a very meaty fruit. Like it, it literally looks like meat. It's quite weird. Um, but yeah, like it, it's lovely. If you just boil it for like ten minutes and then season it how you want to season it, chuck it in the oven for about I think thirty to forty minutes, and then. But I, obviously, I'm you probably intrigued. want your actual meat. I'm intrigued by this, and I, you know, I'm intrigued to 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 that. I think this is something that would go down well with my family, more so than yeah. the than the yams. Philip, thoughts? I'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm actually all aborted. Try some uh, jackfruit and see how that see how that goes with the family. There you go. All right, there so we is. have David's. We have David's dish. Now you two gentlemen have to come together and now, come this up is with extremely a dish challenging. for me. Yeah, this well, is extremely it, challenging because Philip is incredibly picky. Incredible. Well, I don't necessarily have to eat it. I just have to make it for everybody else to eat. I think you but, should have to eat it. <laughs> yeah, at no! least try a little bit. <laughs> no. Yes. I will it's tell you Christmas, right now, Philip. <laughs> I will tell you right now. If it incorporates any form, version, or or order of mustard, you can forget that notion right <laughs> the hell now. Okay. Well, that we won't do happen. mustard, but but I do All think right. you should have to eat at at least try what you're going to make. So I will, gonna... I will deeply consider it, depending on what you guys pick. Are we trying to suggest something that you wouldn't normally make or wouldn't normally have? You can or? honestly make whatever you can make it whatever because I assure you, whatever you pick, I will not have made. I'm not. I'm nowhere near the the cook, chef, baker that David is. So, and again, even mashed potatoes will be uh, something of a challenge for me. <laughs> well, I was thinking. Well, I I don't know exactly what uh, is in your sort of traditional meal, but I've never heard well, of the whole mac and cheese thing. Yeah, so that I, is interesting. So I'm wondering, do you do you have Yorkshire puddings at Christmas oh, as well. That is very we, challenging. Probably we, we do we do not have your. We oh my, I think that they are. Need they, to make it Yorkshire is pudding. best one year we had tapioca. Uh, that's something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Yorkshire pudding is. It's not what you would imagine as pudding at all. It's kind no, of like a, a pastry. Is it like type a figgy pudding thing? thing? No, no, it's, it's not it's, pudding. It's not pudding. Oh. it's like it's just pastry. It's basically just pastry, yeah, right? Pretty it's much. just pastry. It's just in the shape of like a bowl. Yeah, you, so it holds like all the gravy, or you can just fill it. You fill it you with can put whatever you want in it. Oh, so it's like a turkey bits or whatever. It's like a pastry thing. cup. It's like a pastry little cup. No, you put it on the side of your on, of your roast dinner or yeah. whatever. So it's like a little oh. pastry cup, and you, you generally you fill it with gravy, and it's just part of the. They're part delicious. of the meal it is one of the greatest things in the world yeah it's that's actually one and of the I actually things. think do you like gravy philip do you like 
Yeah, you like gravy, right? I can't say I do, gentlemen. But oh, you don't like gravy. Can you believe that? No. No, I can't. Maybe I can find a nice soup that I would put in it. <laughs> I just God, love you gravy. Hurt so me, much. Philip, so much. I mean, you could put <laughs> soup in there. There's. I mean, if it it would have to be a some thick egg soup. drop, delicious, like, like almost a gravy. Soup. Yeah, basically. I think that is a good one for you. Although that is probably quite challenging. I do think you're going to get it wrong. Uh, no, I don't think so. No I mean, pastry. Don't you need a certain type of like dish to to make? Oh, them? maybe. Yeah. yeah, I guess to get the shape right, then you might need to add. But to your... do you, if you have if you have like a cupcake oven oven tin thing, do you have that in your home, Philip? I think I do. I think we as a collective family do. I like the idea that, that this is this might actually be quite challenging for you, Philip. <laughs> well, you know I'm, what else? I'm all happy for it too, yeah. You know what else? You might actually get to wear that apron I got you last year. There we go. I can go to my uh, so my father's To fill you in, Leon, yeah, and right. to fill in the listeners who probably <laughs> maybe didn't listen to the episode <laughs> during last year's Four Weeks of Christmas, uh, Philip, received as a gift for christmas part of a gift it was it was one third of the gift was an apron yes. with a with a dragon on it it was very fiery and sexy and <laughs> and he's never used it so central so I, I hope you can use that and make your family some yorkshire puddings yorkshire pudding all right so my dish is a yorkshire pudding your dish david one more time is uh is a jackfruit are we going for the jackfruit or the, or well the, i don't uh, know philip i guess it should come down to you really you know what? I would hate to infringe upon your sister or your mother's holiday toes. So let's go with the jackfruit option, as I had imagined that that pairs well. It won't step on anybody's sure other will. dishes. So let's. I'm sure. Tell it will. you what. Let's if I can't, if I can't find jackfruit, I will make the yams. Oh, it's easy. All right. Yeah, you'll be able to find jackfruit. Hopefully. Okay. Cool. I'm. I'm excited. I'll get you some jackfruit. <laughs> I'll be in the Netherlands, by the way. You can, it's, it's just in a tin. You can get like tin jackfruit. Okay. <laughs> this episode of Pow Wow Podcast is sponsored by Sides. Meet Sides, S-I-D-E-S, an app that helps you take the law into your own hands. Turn ordinary agreements into binding contracts in seconds. Then if a dispute arises, Sides will step in to resolve it for you. What, Phil, that one, that was supposed to be my line. What did we agree to in the contract? I don't know. I, I guess we can use sides to settle this dispute because each dispute costs a small one-time fee. And if you win, which I will, it's all awarded back to you. Sign up now and get 16% off for a limited time only. May I help you? You talking to me? I need to talk to you. A little word of advice. You're welcome. Oh, you're welcome then. One of our favorite segments, uh, David... You're welcome. Why don't you start us off first? I will start us out. Leon, you're going to enjoy this one. This one, this, this, this is oh, just to fill you in. This is sort of unsolicited advice. No one asked for it, but we're going to give it anyway. This goes out to the entire of the UK. I know it doesn't snow all the time, but it does snow at least every other year. Get f prepared for it this is ridiculous it's there's like three inches of snow outside and the entire of this part of the uk collapsed yesterday and and literally people couldn't get home there were car crashes everywhere literally the entire place just collapsed couldn't handle three inches of snow so get your together and handle the snow. It, it's not like it never happens. It, it snows every couple of years at least. Like some, you usually get a, a, a slight snowfall every year. 
Yeah. Just get uh, prepare yourselves. No, no. You're welcome. No, it's part of the charm. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> My version of this, guys. Here's a holiday you're welcome for you. If ever, should ever, whenever, you find yourself at a white elephant Christmas party, which I should step aside here. Leon, are you familiar with what a white elephant Christmas party is? Not at all. Not at all. It's Have a- you ever heard of Nasty Christmas? No. Or what? What? what what's it? Oh, Yankee Swap. <laughs> no. Oh. I've never oh, even heard of these. But yeah, so Leon- There's just the other idea- names for white elephant. I, I figured, but okay, so so Leon, the idea of a white elephant party is it's a holiday party, but at the base of the party, at some point, everybody brings a gift, a gift that works for anybody and everybody, and you can have good gifts, bad gifts, whatever it is, but you usually have a range, I'd imagine in, the, in Europe, it'd be 20 pounds or 20 euros, somewhere around there. Everybody sets a limit, and that's what the amount a gift should be. And then you go in order, you pick out a gift, and you are and you have that gift. If anybody comes in after you, they can steal a gift that was previously taken earlier. And if it's stolen three times, you, you have get to, to have heard it. of this. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that rings a bell, the whole stealing okay. aspect. So, yes, the stealing of the gifts. And then everybody gets a gift. Everybody put in 20 bucks towards it or 20 euros or 20 pounds, whatever it is. And it's just a and fun there's thing. Usually, where- there's usually something that everyone wants. I think I've yeah. seen it on a TV show actually before. It was in the office. In the I think yeah, I think the it US was. office in season two. That might, or be, something. that might be it. Yeah. That might there be we it. go. So if you ever find yourself in a in a party with this format and you don't know what to bring, here's a hint. Don't just go to the store and buy a princess set. Don't just go to the store and buy a spice set. Don't just go to the store and buy something that's on sale. No, no, no. I challenge you. I challenge you to think smarter, not harder, and go to whatever gas station you have and just buy some scratchers. Buy 20 scratchers because I assure you, uh, grown-ass adults will find that far more enviable than any version of a spice rack that everybody should already have at their home or those who don't, don't care enough. Because those scratchers were, were stolen time and time and time again at the last party that I went to, and they were a massive hit. And people will go goo-goo-gaga over what it probably amounts to $8 of scratchers far more than they will for a used spatula and toilet paper combo. You're welcome. Well, it's now time for the game and Leon's still with us, so we're going to we're going to play a little Christmas game. Uh, Leon, first we first before we do that, we're going to get to know you a little bit. All right. uh, I know you so super well by this point, but uh, Philip doesn't and the audience certainly doesn't, so we're going to ask you a couple questions. Philip's got two. I've got one. Uh, mine's quite personal. All right. Um, Ooh. All right. Well, <laughs> Leon. We'll let Philip go first. <laughs> yes, Leon, I get two. So I'm going to start with my first one here. What food, if presented in a holiday feast, would completely ruin your appetite, making all the rest of the food just inedible? Maybe it's because of the of the smells wafting. Maybe it's just how it looks. What 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 food would just say, you know what, guys? You knew what you were doing. Somebody here decided to poison me on this holiday eve. Have a good day, ma'ams and madams. You know what? That is actually a really tough one. I genuinely love pretty much Your all foodie. food. Obviously, okay. Yeah, absolutely. But what I can say in terms... The only thing I can really think of that really like puts me off, 
nothing can really put me off of food. But what I absolutely hate is walking by those fish markets and it just absolutely stinks of fish. I just find mm. that absolutely gross. I love, I, well, I, when I used to eat meat and stuff, I, I loved fish. But um, yeah, just the raw fish and the smell of, yeah, the smell of, the smell of fish. I don't like it. Yeah, that, that's that would, quite something. That would probably be the strongest uh, reaction I could have against food. <laughs> All right, David, your question. If you had to, what kind of Christmas-related role play would you want to try in the bedroom? <laughs> I see. Never given now, this I don't any think, thought. I don't think you have given this any thought. I'm asking you to now, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you had to. <laughs> what? Okay, I guess I should frame the question. What is the least repulsive <laughs> idea? You, you know what? The thing that pops in my head that could possibly be a little fun is maybe a little uh, reindeer role play. Like I could... <laughs> I could be (laughs) a reindeer and my partner would be there cheering me on to to fly. I guess you'd have to be Santa Claus in that that, uh, scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't tell her that. This went in a direction that I wasn't ready for. Just sort of a a yeah type type situation. (laughs) Add a little uh, riding crop in there. Yeah. Yeah. On Leon. I can't can't think of anything else. (laughs) What else are we gonna do? Play with play with carrots and well, I don't know. It could be uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, I don't know about a snowman. I don't know uh, that that has any uh, sex. You could have been. It could have been Santa and an elf, or it Santa could have been. Um, no, I'm down for the reindeer. Uh, okay, <laughs> Philip, your last question, Leon. I want to take you back to a time when you and your girlfriend first were getting to uh, getting to know each other a bit more, and you were meeting her side of the family. They invite you back home for a home-cooked meal and you go there you eat an appetizer that does not go well with your vegan intestines insides and so you excuse yourself from the table leaving your phone on the table and you go upstairs and you find that there is no toilet paper what do you do how do you solve this so i'm in i'm in a toilet i'm guessing it has a, a sink there I would have to uh, <laughs> use that as like a little DIY B day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's or, right. the, the second option would be to just do put all my clothes back on, go somewhere, find some toilet paper, and go back to the toilet. But that would be that would make it clear that could make it clear to a few people that I've done a poo, and I probably didn't want to let them know that. So yeah, yeah, the, the sink, the sink yeah. B day. <laughs> Never forget the trap answer is use other people's hand towels or whatever it is. That never. That is Ooh. just that is not acceptable. And absolutely no matter right. what you do, that is no, just I, horrendous. No, that is her- absolutely horrific. All right, let's play a game and move past all this. <laughs> speaking uh, of number, speaking of number twos, uh, yeah. I brought forth a game. <laughs> Oh, you like that, David? That you like great that Great segue. Thank great you. Great segue. <laughs> uh, I have brought forth a game that both me and David will be hosting. Leon, you'll be playing in both ones uh, against both me and David. And it's a game centered around the idea of number twos. So whoever or whatever list or item we bring forth to you, it will be number one within that category. The key, though, afterwards will be to find out which or what is the number two thing in that list or category. So, Leon, who would you care to face off against first, myself or David? 
before that, would I get like an example of what that would be? Like, uh, a- yeah. Yeah, so uh, if we were to go along the lines of, oh, I don't know, a, uh, we took a survey and the number one holiday food eaten uh, across all of uh, the globe is ham. What is number two? And for myself, okay. I don't know how David's uh, version works, but uh, I would be giving you four options upon which both of you would would uh, guess. Sound good, all Leon? Right. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so Leon, who would you care to go up against first? Let's go, David. David, Let's that means my on, game Philip. first. Yes, absolutely. All right, guys, uh, I've explained the game. Let's get right to it. You may be surprised to hear Pirates of the Caribbean 4 on Stranger Tides is the most expensive movie ever made, with production costs going in the range of an estimated $410 million uh, for their budget. But which film comes in with the second highest cost to have ever been made? Is it A, Avengers Age of Ultron, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, or D, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? So A, B, and C are all Avengers, just different ones, and then D, Pirates of the Caribbean. And those are lettered alphabetically. All of my options from here on out are lettered alphabetically as to not give anything away. Leon, we will go to you first. That's tough. Age of Ultron, Endgame, Infinity War, or Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh, I'm going to go with Infinity War. Infinity War is his guest. David, you sticking with mm. Leon? No, I'm going to go with Endgame. Endgame. I, 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 I just... Okay, first of all, uh, the... At World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End came out several years before on Stranger Tides, and it doesn't make sense to me that that would be even close to that that amount for a movie of at that time. So they put more more dollars into big movies um, after that point, and I think Endgame it just makes sense for that to be an extremely expensive movie. I think, I think he's got this one. I will say that for all of my answers and every question, I have taken the following four answers. So these are all generally close at around $300 million for Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, $325 million for Avengers Infinity War. Sorry, Leon. Oh, no. And $356 million for Avengers Endgame. Avengers Age of Ultron actually is number two here at $365 million projected budget. The one caveat in here that may or may not age well. why. I don't know. Oh, it's because the multiple locations. Endgame was Yeah, maybe the different locations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They go to Africa. They go to... Correct. The one uh, caveat here, gentlemen, is that Avatar 2, The Way of Water, is still has yet to be released so the final numbers for that but it is projected to be somewhere in the 350 to 400 dollar million but it's not out yet so it doesn't count all right next one with no points on the board next one according to rotten tomatoes critics meter or tomato meter i should say meet me in st louis is the number one christmas slash holiday film of all time with a perfect 100 percent rating what movie is number two on this list as far as the critics are concerned is that miracle on 34th street the original one in, uh, set, uh released in 1947 is it the nightmare before christmas is it the shop around the corner or tangerine is it miracle on 34th street nightmare before christmas the shop around the corner or tangerine david which is your selection i'm gonna go with the shop around the corner 
The shop around the corner, option C for David. Leon, do you follow suit or are you going your own way? I don't actually know those last two movies. I, I'm going to go with uh, Miracle on 34th Street. He's going with the original Miracle on 34th Street and The Nightmare Before Christmas, which some would argue is more of a Halloween film than Christmas, is not. You both were correct to avoid that, as well as Tangerine, famous for being amongst the first major motion picture films that was completely filmed on an, on the iPhone. Uh, however, The Shopper on the Corner at 99% does rank number two, meaning David you do have a point, and you are the first I, one on I the almost board. don't want to accept that point because I saw this list as I was preparing my own game. Oh. Yeah. We will have some so, contention. And one of my questions is going to have to – I'm going to have to come up with another question for my game because, Ooh. yeah. There we go. All right, so we will, have, uh, we will have some contention on that one. Leon, keep in mind <laughs> on that. What's the score? I don't even know. What is the score? One, the you? score is one to zero Just in favor one zero, of David. Yeah. yeah, David, we're going to have okay, you answer well, first well, since you do have a I lead. If I can stack up a lead, then I won't feel too bad about it. <laughs> Go on. I found a list of common mistakes most made when presenting Santa Claus his traditional milk and cookies. Number one, of course, using store-bought cookies. The argument is, does Santa buy your presents How from the store? You. No, he and his elves slave over every toy to whittle them out of wood. So spend a few hours to make the man some cookies for all he does. But according to this list, what is the second most common mistake? Again, in alphabetical order, mm. is it A, forgetting the reindeer? Santa is nothing without his trusty steeds. Uh, throw those reindeer a bone, and by bone we mean a bunch of carrots organic with their tops. Is it B, not leaving a note. Yes, Santa is all-knowing and all-seeing, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't appreciate a little note from you all the same. This is an ideal time to thank him for his hard work and reiterate exactly how good you have been all year. Is it C, pouring skim milk? Get out of here with your blue-tinted dairy water. Nothing satisfies like a glass of rich and creamy whole milk, and you'd better believe Santa knows the difference. Besides, he'll never acquire a proper milk moustache with the fat-free stuff. Thinking about an alt milk, like odor almond? <laughs> Stop. Or is it D, swapping milk for beer? Don't listen to your dad. Santa does not want a beer. Santa is driving a sleigh all night, and it would be irresponsible of him to imbibe. Tell your dad to get his own lager. So, gentlemen, one more time with David going first. Which is the second most common mistake? Forgetting the reindeer, not leaving a note, pouring skim milk, mm. or swapping milk for beer? Uh, me first? Yes, you first, David. Uh, I'm going to go with forgetting the reindeer. I feel like that makes the most sense. All right, Leon, we go to you. That does make the most sense, although who forgets the reindeer? I feel like, I, I, I feel like it's quite... I don't really hear a lot about people leaving a note. I don't know if that's something you're meant to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with leaving a note. You both decided to decline swapping milk for a beer, knowing that Santa does probably enjoy a lager. We just can't tell the kids that. Not leaving a note is unfortunately not the answer here. Uh, neither is forgetting the reindeer. Guys, is it worse to forget altogether or is it worse to make a mistake by pouring him skim milk instead of whole milk? A lot of people will insult the man giving you all these presents, making it the number two most common mistake made. So no points given there. David still holds a 1-0 lead. David will still go to you first. In a survey all of right. 100 people, when asked the question, name one of Santa's reindeer, 
32 of them said Rudolph. Who was the second highest named reindeer of all? Was it Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, or Dasher? Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, or Dasher, David? In alphabetical order, obviously. Now, Dasher comes first in the song, but Cupid is named after an angel. I don't know. God, that's so hard. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, with, with Cupid. Why not? Cupid. It's going with Cupid. Leon. I was asked to try and name Santa's reindeer recently, and the, the first one that I could think of that wasn't Rudolph, and apparently that's not actually one He's of Santa's Rudolph reindeers. is not one of the eight. Yeah. He's not one of but, the eight. Um, I'm going to go with what I think I would say, and that would be Dasher. You both avoided Blitzen. As did most people, as that is the last one. But guys, Comet, with 14 answers, or people saying him. I literally say to all the kids that Comet's my favorite reindeer. (laughs) I was thinking of Comet, because he's like the funny one in the Santa Claus movies. Oh, I don't remember those, but but I I literally... He's a very expressive reindeer. I ask the kids who their favorite reindeer is, and most of them say Rudolph. And I'm like, oh, everyone loves Rudolph. For me, it's Comet. I don't know why. I was just thinking he's got the coolest, or she's got the coolest name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right david we're going to our last question meaning that leon if you have any chance of tying this and going to a tiebreaker you need to mm. pick something different than david here so david you're going to go first yeah. in the same survey of 100 people they were asked name a state someone might travel to for christmas vacation what was the second highest answer behind hawaii upon which 35 people answered was it a alaska b Colorado, C, Florida, or D, New York? Alaska, Colorado, Colorado, Florida, or New York? Colorado. All right, David. David has picked Colorado. Leon. said that with confidence. I feel like he knows this one. I just think skiing. I'm going to go with... Wait, can I get the uh, answers again real quick? Uh, Alaska, Colorado, Florida, or New York? I'm going to go with New York. Surprisingly, surprisingly, Alaska was on this list, and it is one of the next top four. I don't know who the hell wants to go there. If you want to go see the Northern Lights, I do. But but during Christmas, when it's coldest? Yeah, that's when you see the Northern Lights. (laughs) You have to go when it's dark. Oh, piss off. All right. Uh, Florida (laughs) is also not on here. Thank goodness. I guess the alligators are just more rampant during the holidays. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Let's see. However, I'm excessively pleased to say it is indeed. New York. Leon has tied this game up with a last minute flurry with 23 people (laughs) stating New York is uh, their number one state to visit during Christmas time. I'm guessing they want to go see the tree. All right, let's go to our tiebreaker. Guys, Patrick Stewart plays one of the best Ebenezer Scrooges ever put to film, in my humble opinion. As such, in US dollars, how much is Stewart's projected net worth? And just as a point of reference Ian Sir Ian McKellen who is usually counterparted to uh Patrick Stewart is worth 70 million US dollars just as a point of reference we we need to you need to guess how much is Patrick Stewart's net projected net worth oh is this um no multiple answers no this is no closest multiple wins. Answers, tie, closest ah, okay, win. okay. so this is our tiebreaker um so who goes first okay, uh, okay. Leon, Leon goes first, the tie right? does have to go first Oh, damn. All right. Oh, would he have more or less than more? I'm going to say more. He got that Star Trek money. Oh, yeah. I didn't even. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. 
It was 70 million with 70 million for Sir Ian McKellen. I'm going to go with Eighty-five million. It's going now, with eighty-five million, tough. David. I'm I'm going to go with eighty-six. I'm going to take the over. Ooh. Well, neither one of you hit it on the nose, but mm. one of you was closer. Obviously, I hope so, because it's at eighty-five million and one dollar. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, the answer is 75 million Leon oh, you have no. stolen victory from the yeah. jaws of the Grinch it really we is a, it. it really is justice because my only correct point was the question <laughs> that I had seen already on online so you know, you know we hadn't we there hadn't you thought go about that, but well, I was right. worried I was going to look stupid on the air so here we go no you, you, <laughs> you, you could never look stupid <laughs> unless you beat me Leon then you would look like an it's imbecile it's a podcast so. it's all about yeah. sounding stupid <laughs> <laughs> alright David it is your version of this game Let's see if I can win it. All right, we're going to fight through this game as much as possible. There are some uh, things I've had to adjust and change, and oh dear. The first question was going to be top-ranked animated Christmas movies, according to Rotten Tomatoes, animated, so it's not quite the same. However, the first one is Klaus, and the second one would be... Any guesses? Klaus. This doesn't um, count for points. Okay. Uh, oh, would it be The Nightmare Before Christmas? That's what I was It thinking. would indeed be the Nightmare Before Christmas, yes. <laughs> right, but isn't that stop motion? Well, you know. It, it would fall, in the Oscars, it would fall into the animated Christ, animated movie category. So That's funny, because it's not technically well, at all animated. Yeah. It's just real. That's real. You know, the documentary, the, the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> um, okay, so first question. Top Christmas songs of all time, according to Smooth Radio. The first actually surprised me is Last Christmas by Wham. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this you is good. You do not I get just... multiple choice options here. Oh, no. I would like to know what is the second. And we'll go to you first, Leon. Do we have to say the artist? Because I don't even think I, I know the artist of most of the songs. No, I will take just the name as well. All right. I'm going to go with Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Philip. I mean, so it sounds like it's a subjective list because I any list I had found, I was going to try and do this earlier. My research concluded uh, something completely different, but it was mostly um, albums purchased and it, it, it centered around Bing Crosby, actually, mostly because he's been around for so long. So I'd imagine if he didn't take it, I was going to. So I have to go. All I want for Christmas is you. One of you is correct. Yeah, he's, he's, he's correct. And he, Philip is correct. <laughs> yes, this is a, a painfully Yay! so is Mariah Carey is somehow the greatest Christmas or the second greatest Christmas artist ever. Right. Um, yeah, no, she's all I want for Christmas is you. Mariah Carey is, is apparently, according to Smooth Radio, is the second Smooth best Christmas song radio. of all time. I do a lot so, better with the multiple choices. Point Philip. <laughs> okay. Woo-hoo! Question two. Top Christmas vacation destinations, the number one, and this is according to travel.usnews.com. <laughs> so the number one is Prague. During December, the capital of the Czech Republic turns into a winter wonderland you've got to see to believe. Twinkling lights blanket the city's medieval architecture, and its Christmas markets are some of the best in the world. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, so this time I am going to give you options because yeah. I don't know how you could possibly yeah. come up with ideas 
Otherwise, I'll give them to you in alphabetical order. First, we have Aspen in uh, is a so active travelers, relaxation seekers alike will love celebrating Christmas in Aspen. This Colorado mountain town is a haven for skiers thanks to its 76 runs and highly regarded après ski scene. Blah blah blah. Okay, next up, alphabetically speaking, we have uh, the Maldives. If your idea of the perfect perfect Christmas getaway consists of sublime weather, luxurious accommodations, and gorgeous scenery, look no further than the Maldives. I'll leave it at that, okay? Uh, then we have Rome. Rome's charming setting is even more stunning when decorated for the holidays. Admire the impressive Christmas trees in the Piazza Venezia uh, next to the Colosseum and in Vatican City, St. Peter's Square before checking out the world's oldest permanent nativity scene at the Patriarchal Basilica of St. Mary Major, blah blah blah, and finally we have Salzburg, Austria, Austria for a Christmas vacation steeped in tradition. Spend your holiday in Salzburg, Austria. Every December, locals don horned masks, pelts, and bells as they chase spectators through the old town, much like the folk creature Krampus is said to have done to scare naughty children. Yay! <laughs> okay, so once again we have Aspen, we have the Maldives, we have Rome, and we have Sal- Salzburg. Uh, Philip, we go to you first. As tempting as that last one is with no children around, uh, I will go with the Maldives. That was also what I was going to be going with. You don't, you can still, or you don't have to. You can pick something else or. No, I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. Is it, I I think I pronounce that Maldives. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I Honestly, I get the, so confused. Some people say Maldives, some people say Maldives. I've always said Maldives, Kind of like turtles, you know, turtle does. Well, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> well, you're both wrong. So the oh, nice. the second ah. option was Rome. Rome, uh, for some yeah. reason. I, I honestly would I rather go to Aspen, be... to be honest. Yeah, I, I I feel like that's so self-fulfilling right there. Rome. Yeah, when when's the time I'm Rome's not Rome. fun to Who visit? wants to go to Rome? Come on. Yeah, I know. No, it's uh, like, oh, honestly, you want to go to Rome? So Hawaii next up or? was Aspen, then Ma- the Maldives. And then Salzburg. Yeah. So those are the top yeah. five. And honestly, I think I would choose Aspen of all these places. Although Prague does sound very delicious. Next question. Top activities for Christmas in Nueva York, New York City. All right. Ah. So the number one is the Bryant Park Winter Village. We have uh, the, the Christmas Lights Tour. A walking tour in Hell's Kitchen. Everyone, obviously, the, apparently the 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 electricity bills skyrocket during the holiday season because of all people trying to put up insane Christmas lights. Okay, so there's that. Then we have the Christmas the Christmas shows in New York City. Uh, it's fairly self explanatory. We have the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, and finally the the visit Diker Heights in Brooklyn. So uh, this I'll just describe for a second. I'm a huge fan of the Diker Heights in Brooklyn, where you can find the most beautifully decorated homes in the city. It is actually so popular that it's known as one of the best things to do in New York City for Christmas time. So those are your options. So we have Christmas lights tour, a walking tour. We have Christmas shows. We have the Diker Heights, and we have the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. What is the second on the list? Say that again real quick. Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. Diker Heights, whatever that is. The walking tour for Christmas lights, and we have Christmas shows. I'm going to have to go with the Rockefeller Christmas tree 
simply because it's the only other one that I, I I automatically know. I'm not saying that any of the others are bad. Maybe even the Christmas shows, uh, perhaps with like Elf. But I, it doesn't ring true to me that it would be anything but. Uh, and They're the first one even mostly going to be like Christmas concerts and cabaret things and yeah. So I, know, I'm thinking that, that it has to be the it has to be the tree, or if it's not, it's just somebody's ranking of it. But it has to be the tree. I am going to go for just to be different. The lights. Going to go for the walking tour of Christmas lights. The walking tour. Ooh, wow. here we go. Contention. You'd have been wrong to go with the the Diker Heights, whatever the hell that was. You'd have been wrong to go with the Christmas shows. Who wants to go see those? Nice. One of you's correct. Good, good. And it was the Rockefeller Rockefeller Center ah, Christmas tree is correct. Yeah. Philip, you got it right. Which means you have a two to nothing lead with two questions left here. So I can hope for a tie. Christmas events. In London, okay. It's gonna be a <laughs> Yeah, the, I figured <laughs> Philip would have the advantage for the for New York, and <laughs> you should have the advantage here. The first, the top Christmas event in London is the Holiday Spectacular at Common Decency. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no. I have no idea what that is. So this is this, or this is yeah, top Christmas events in London for 2022. So the Holiday Spectacular at Common Decency Nomad, arguably the chicest Christmas cocktails in london right now are being served at common decency cocktails everyone loves a cocktail so we have the connaught village festive shopping evening so uh the quaint uh, shopping area next to hyde park is undergoing a christmasy makeover right now ready for the very festive evening on thursday the 17th of november blah 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 next we have the covent gardens winter warmer mulled wine festival Ooh. Very uh fairly self-explanatory then we have Henrietta's Hotel's 1970s-inspired Miracle Bar. And finally, That's fine. Pump Street Chocolate in Shortage. So award-winning bakers and chocolate makers, Pump Street Chocolate will host a festive candy shop in Shortage this December. So we have our chocolate thingy. We have uh, the... the it, going backwards here, the Hotel 1970s-inspired Miracle Bar the shopping evening, and, of course, the Mold Wine Festival. And we'll go to you first, Philip, because Leon's got to catch up. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with the pump chocolate. Nothing gets me going quite like chocolate. And while the rest are boozy, I can't imagine that it wouldn't be up to, to people to go and uh, get some chocolate. So the pump chocolate thingy at the end. Well, I mean, us Londoners like to get quite boozy. It's true. I, I mean, uh, there is booziness in in a lot of these, though. So you've got the 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 yeah. Hold on. So the bars and the mold yeah. Wine so festival. there's the mold wine festival. There's the the chocolate. Obviously, that's got not so boozy. Which one was um, Covent Garden? And which one was that? Hyde was Park? the mold wine festival. Covent Garden was the mold wine. And festival. Hyde Park is the shopping. Is that yes, right? that's the shopping evening. And then there's the Henrietta's Hotel 1970 inspired Miracle oh. Bar, and it says here this kitsch festive pop-up is reopening for its fifth year also at Covent Garden's Henrietta Hotel hidden on the hotel's medicine floor the bar is styled as a nostalgic blah 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 festive themed cocktails so it's cocktails there it's mulled wine at Covent Garden's winter warmer mulled wine festival we have chocolate and then we have the shopping evening it for me is a tie between the shopping evening and the mulled wine 
Mm. I mean, it's Christmas. Everyone's meant to be going, buying stuff for people. <sighs> All right, I'm going to go with the Mold Wine Festival. Mold Wine Festival. Philip, what did you go with again? The chocolate. The chocolate. I mean, good, good, all good things to do in London, no doubt. Leon, you were right to go with alcohol, Uh, but you should have gone for Henrietta's 1970s themed Christmassy cocktails. (laughs) It's a hotel in Covent Garden that has a Christmassy cocktail bar. I don't know what to tell you, but that's the correct answer, which means, unfortunately, Leon, you cannot win. All right. However, you can save face by getting at least a point in this game. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and, And tell us. What is the second best Christmas market in Europe? The first one is in Cologne, Germany, or Köln, if you want to be German about it. What is the second best? Is it Berlin? Is it Budapest, Hungary? Is it Prague, Czech Republic? Or is it Salzburg, Austria? Prague and Salzburg featuring once again on my quiz. So, Philip, we'll go with you first. Why not? I don't think he's got any sound. No, he's just thinking. That's his thinking face. Oh, okay. Oh, we can't hear you, Philip. Yeah, I think you mu- you. muted yourself. Astute catch, gentlemen. Uh, I will be going with... <laughs> I will be going with uh, Prague, I think. Uh, it, w- it would truly shock me if, if, it, if it was that uh, the middle option, the second option. Uh, but Prague... Um, sounds wintry enough. We had Berlin, Budapest, Prague, and Salzburg. Budapest just doesn't scream Christmas to me, but I could be wrong. Could be wrong. I mean, these are the top five. Yeah. So, thoughts? Leon. Well, I'm going to lose either way. You are. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go for a different answer just so I can hopefully... Save face. Yeah, he might get it wrong. And so, I'm going to say Berlin. You were more correct, ooh, but you ooh. were still wrong. The, the top win. one was Salzburg. <laughs> Berlin came in at three, Budapest at four, and Prague at five. There you go. So the there score finishes two to one. Two to one? No, two to zero. Two to zero. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> two to zero. And thank you for coming on, Leon. Thanks for it's having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, we're not quite done yet, oh. but uh, the game is finished, and we move on. That slaps is here, and Leon. That slaps is, is here. Part- <laughs> that is true, Leon. This is the part of the show that me and David both really look forward to and really enjoy because it is the part of the show that each and every week we bring forth a piece of uh, entertainment, if you will, that we just really enjoyed and found and discovered that week that we think everybody else in the world should give it a listen, give it a give it a watch, give it a read, give it a play. Everybody even. else in the world. Yes, every single yes. person, even in Prague and in Hungary and everywhere else. Leon, think about something that you maybe saw this week that you feel like everybody should uh, or maybe even heard if you heard a new a sound song. Or something. Uh, it could be a, a song, song, it could be a movie, it could be a, a season of a, a TV book. show. Yes. It could be a book. A book could, could slap. Book. This segment's called That Slaps, by the way. Um, <laughs> yes, we've even had a, a video game before. So keep we that once in mind, had a video Leon. game, although we didn't really like that. No, we did not. We did not. All right, David, what is your uh, rendition or addition this week to That Slaps? This week, 
God, this is a tough one. You know, I'm just my mind is overloaded with Christmas music. However, I have been watching season three of The Orville, which is Seth MacFarlane's spoof. Oh, yes. yes, yes, Seth MacFarlane decided to make a spoof of Star Trek and then accidentally made a really good show. And it's working for him. And it's a really good show. And I'm enjoying it. It's sci-fi. It's fun. It's... Uh, it's it has its funny moments. It is, of course, Seth MacFarlane, so it's good. Good season season three of the Orville. Seasons one and two are great too. Season three of the Orville that slaps. Philip, give us uh, give us a slap. I think for me this week I saw a movie that I don't think David Hoffman's going to see, even though I would actually recommend it to him. But he might, he might. I'll, uh, I'll watch it. Maybe. I, well, <laughs> maybe. It's a movie that stars Mike R- Mark Rylance and one Timothy Chalamet. It's called Bones oh and All. I know. I know. It's called Bones and All. I saw it. And for Mark Rylance's performance, if nothing else, you really should see this, Hoffman. But even beyond that, I thought it was just a really good uh, film. I thought it, it was um, – even though it incorporated a lot of uh, – oh, I don't know what that would be considered – carnivorism. Uh, there's not a lot of vegan materials there. There's a lot of uh, people eating in it, even though it has a lot of cannibalism in it. Yes, it's um, it doesn't fully use that as its only gimmick or something. It, it's it's woven into the story quite well. And I think you would enjoy it, David. Uh, bones and all that slaps. Now, Leon, did you happen to come up and think of anything while uh, while we left you alone there for a minute? I I have. It's probably quite boring when I think about it, but I haven't been able to really see anything or i mean i've listened to some some of your music and stuff on the we've been jamming between train. shows to but to you know some, what i'm gonna tunes. do a little self-promotion for the show i actually I think, think ah. the polar express ah, is wow. something to uh to come down and have a have a little gander we, at. Ha- we have our first theater that slaps yeah. you so you're saying there the polar express slaps i think it's awesome like i absolutely want to if i ever have children i want to bring them to come and see what it really shows. is quite fun, i think it's yeah. really really cool so yeah that would that would be i haven't technically seen it i'm just in it <laughs> but um but yeah that's that's what i'm gonna have to go with I, i've not had the chance to be seeing anything um anything this week or, or reading anything or listening right. to anything other than uh the bloody polar express i mean it's getting yeah. it's, it's getting it's starting to like drilled in there. G- great at yeah the, yeah but it's, um yeah. but it slaps but it slaps there you go yeah, but it wonderful slaps. as we close another episode we do have some things to get to before the absolute end of it uh so david why don't you go first yeah, thank you to Cass and Crossland and to Jake Corlang for the music that you hear on the show. We couldn't do it without you guys. And of course, thank you to my friend Leon for for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you. Any any last parting words before we before we say goodbye? Be kind. Be kind. There you go. <laughs> Be kind. Truly. Uh, thank you uh, so much, Leon. Really do appreciate it. Thank you, of course, as well to Terry Amstutz, Josh Hans, and Ryan Ardell for their wonderful contributions to the show, guys. It would not be possible without you, but it wouldn't also be possible without you, the listener. Yes, you listening right now. We thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe and uh, keep tuned in, in what we do when new episodes drop each and every week. But of course, we have a bunch of episodes backlogged into that old library back there, wherever you may find this podcast and all of your other favorite podcasts. Whether that be Spotify, whether that be Apple Podcasts, even Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere except for Pandora. Why? 
because screw you, Pandora. Could could someone pass the potatoes? Oh uh, yeah, thanks. And uh, oh, Mr. Bear, what could I what could I get you? The gravy.